0: Welcome to It's Not Them, It's You, the show where we take ownership of our choices and where they have gotten us so far. I'm your host, Joy Dennis. Thanks for joining me.
1: Tough week, huh?
0: Yeah, it's been a, it's been a kind of a wild week. It was, I guess, should have been, could have been predicted, but I think many of us don't ever want to entertain the idea of something gets getting so out of hand. I guess I would say some of us.
1: Some of us.
0: I guess there's others out there who obviously feel that things have already gotten out of hand.
1: Yeah, at least 8,000 people.
0: It's not the majority by any means.
1: No. Yeah, I I guess I was thinking, like, for myself, it was a a real um, fiery, tumultuous week, starting off with me... Unable to get on board with painting.
0: Oh, are you talking about Tuesday?
1: Tuesday? Well, it started on Saturday, didn't it? Where... Uh,
0: I... Yeah, it started on <clears throat> Sunday. No, Saturday.
1: It started Sunday when I said, eh, I don't really think that...
0: the buying paint is a priority. That or... buying paint
1: is a priority. And... Which we covered, right, in the other episode. We did cover that. But then what happened was Monday we recorded our podcasts for the week. Mm -hmm. And then Tuesday, as promised, we went out and bought the paint Mm -hmm. and combined it with our...
0: Picking up our milk.
1: Picking up milk from the dairy. Um, And then...
0: Yeah, I guess you were just like...
1: And then you started painting, and I I short-circuited because I couldn't understand your process of um, buying more paint to mix it with the paint that we already had to make the color you want instead of just knowing we had the color we wanted. The the whole process was really risky to me, and I'm, um, I don't... No. Uh, why?
0: I don't know why. I mean, it's not like you. I don't know
1: why forty-five dollars really matters.
0: But you're also not like a risk-averse person in general. Yeah. So. so there was like a lot of something going on that you just you seemed really confused and really like you were kind of came up against some sort of enigmatic thing you couldn't wrap your mind around. I was and it outraged made
1: you, by pink.
0: You and it made you like really. Agitated. Yes. Whereas I bought the paint I knew <clears throat> would give me the color I was looking for. And I felt really confident about my process, but also knew I was taking a risk, but that it's not the end of the world.
1: Yeah, I mean, we we can spend more money and paint more.
0: I also wasn't convinced that I needed to get the color 100% right. Like it was a lifelong commitment to a color.
1: Mm-hmm. So do you think that, well...
0: I like what I have, I'm very happy with it.
1: Yeah, I guess I just had some sort of moral conviction about the color that was being put up Hmm. that I have to sit with every day and...
0: As if it were bad in nature?
1: I had a value judgment on Hmm. the color, which is unsurprising. Um, But it's funny how somebody can get all up in arms over a color choice
0: or the weight of a glass
1: or the weight yeah that was one thing that I went on and on and on about for years was how heavy a glass should be
0: and that you really couldn't buy glasses that didn't conform to this one specific measure of goodness yes how it felt in your hand and the weight of it.
1: Likewise, I've gone on searches for chairs for years and years and years. That's true. But that's and about... I mean, that's brought a... home chairs from the side of the road that I thought were great, and then we end up with a shed full of chairs. Well, I
0: mean, not all the chairs you brought home have been from the side of the road. Many of those chairs have actually been money spent yeah. on, essentially, the wishes... A quest
1: for an ideal form.
0: The, the quest, which is only dictated by your own behind, not anyone else's aesthetic preferences yes but i feel like we're kind of off track
1: no i don't think we're off track at all because (laughs) i
0: because this episode is about forgiveness right
1: right i i have a grudge about the hot dog color that we painted our living room and it's um
0: so this is the opportunity for you to really dig deep into how much you hate our living room color
1: yeah So the, the, um, the first point in your eight elements of happiness is forgiveness, Mm -hmm. right?
0: True. That's right. We cannot be happy without
1: it. Right. So I guess we must address my contempt for the color choices you've made. Hmm.
0: Well, contempt is one of those things, right? is only going to make you miserable, and I guess is poisonous to the people around you.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it came out like, it came out in spades last week.
0: You were cranky we, about everything.
1: We, we had a huge crankiness on Tuesday with me, sulking and closing myself off. We did. you.
0: Yeah, but I think that also once Thursday was the day you locked yourself in your room?
1: Yeah. So it went on and on. Sometime in between <laughs> our nation's capital being invaded by maniacs um, and the weekend, I also had a meltdown.
0: Uh huh. Which, I mean, you would know best what that was really all about. Because from my perspective, it was just you were doing some. I mean, I can only look at you through my own experiences, and it looked like you had some inner work to do. Right. Whether you did that or not, I don't know.
1: Yeah. So I guess the goal is to be more happy here.
0: It is. I mean, overall, I would say that's our purpose. So our purpose is to grow and evolve into a place of self-acceptance, contentment, compassion, kindness. Contentment
1: or contempt
0: <laughs> Contentment. I mean, you used the word contempt earlier, and I, I think that it's a great time to just kind of define what contempt means. Okay. So I'm looking at an article and he's talking, the article is about um, the social disease of contempt and basically how it really is poisonous and highly transmissible. Yes. So contempt by definition is indifference or disdain for the hurt or hardship of others due to a perception of lower, lower moral standing character defects, mental instability, inferiority or general unworthiness. The experience of contempt is powered by adrenaline, which makes us feel temporarily more confident and more self-righteous, but at the same time, less humane. To the extent that it violates deeper values, contempt makes us vulnerable to unconscious guilt, shame, and anxiety.
1: Yeah, and then I think he later on says that it produces, or maybe he said it there, it produces some, uh, like, it feeds depression.
0: Well, what it does is it masks depression by temporarily increasing energy. So the trouble is, is that you have to stay contemptuous most of the time to avoid the crash back into depressed mood. Yeah. And so contempt always alternates. So contempt, I think, can, get, can actually look like a little bit of a manic depressive cycle because it moves between a, a high energy sort of anger and a low energy depression.
1: Yeah. So I guess that person who could very well be me um, might feel more alive when they're in... When they're raging. When, when we're raging against the dark night. <laughs> um, but the
0: other thing is, is that it, it lowers the immune system, and so it leads to actually aches, pains, and chronic exhaustion.
1: So I, I think, you know, we have a lot of definitions to unpack here mm-hmm. as we're going into discussing the eight elements of happiness. One is, is happiness a state of being up? Or is happiness... A state of dispensing with the roller coaster.
0: I think that happiness couldn't, there probably is multiple definitions that go into kind of the recipe for happiness, but one of those is going to be a general sense of well being. Yeah. And feeling good about yourself and others. Yes. And so there's a, you know, definitely like a loving kindness, compassion.
1: Yeah, when you say loving kindness, Element. There's there's a part inside of me, actually I'd say 90% of me, that is like, I think, that sounds weak.
0: Hmm. I mean, you're well versed enough in Buddhist philosophy to understand what the general notion of loving kindness is.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I would assume, from listening to all the things you've listened to and read.
1: Yeah, in one ear and not the other. Okay. Perfect Zen. Perfect
0: then it's not a hollow tube um so for those of us who don't know what loving kindness is it is can be done in, like usually it's understood to be like a, a meditation or a conscious thought choice where we extend love and kindness and compassion from ourselves and kind of an outward wave to others
1: so not weak at all
0: so not weak at all. It actually takes a lot of inner strength to be able to extend loving kindness to people maybe you battle with inner contempt towards. Uh-huh. Because I would say that loving kindness is the opposite of contempt. And loving kindness also pushes forward compassion and forgiveness. Because what we're doing when we look or or when we express this thing, this notion that's called loving kindness, is we wish well for others. May that person be happy. May they be peaceful, may they be healthy, And it's recognizing that we, we all every human being has inner goodness,
1: mm-hmm.
0: ourselves and all others, and that that is the thing that we need to connect with in others instead of pushing people away from us with contempt or disdain or the or judgment that kind of puts us in a superior position, versus we all have this basic goodness as our true selves.
1: Okay. So, I'm going to derail as I... (laughs) Isn't that your job? (laughs) I seem to be a derailer, which is a great bicycle term. Mm -hmm. Uh, Forgiveness. It's like, when I tell somebody I forgive them, am I not saying, Uh, you poor little stupid monster who can't get their shit together. I have my shit together, and I can forgive you.
0: I would say that's just arrogance.
1: Right, but that's how I forgive people.
0: So you're not actually forgiving anyone.
1: No, and I don't think anybody forgives anybody. I think that for somebody to approach somebody else and say, you did something terrible to me, I forgive you, is kind of like saying I come from another plane and you're stuck down here on this plane and I've risen above it and tough luck to you I've forgiven you I've I'm divine and you are not
0: well I think that that's a pretty narrow view of forgiveness and maybe that's maybe that's been your only experience of that whereas one forgiveness isn't actually about the other forgiveness is never about the other person so we don't have to go to someone and fo you know like show up and pretend to be benevolent and obviously arrogant. We don't have to actually involve another in our process of forgiveness at all. Hmm. Because forgiveness really is about our own relationship with ourselves. Like if I'm going to forgive you for being a dick about the color's choices in our living room, I don't have to actually go up to you and say, "I forgive you for being a dick."
1: Hmm.
0: Because I'm still Identifying you as a dick, which means that's not very forgiving. And two, I don't have to tell you that I forgive you. What I do is I go into my own heart and I measure the love I have for you against the offenses. And the love I have for you is so much bigger that it swallows up the offenses and they don't matter. Hmm. So in my mind, that's forgiveness because I don't have to go back to that moment in time and reiterate. Yeah, he did this. It made me feel blah.
1: So I guess this is a perfect time to turn the tables and say or ask, Will you forgive me? I'm sorry for getting all caught up about color choices.
0: Of course. Because the love I have for you is bigger than the offenses. And I don't, and I'm aware that it's not actually about the colors or about me. So I can let it go.
1: So I think we might have demonstrated what forgiveness, the mechanics of it are. Mm -hmm. That you are prepared in your heart to forgive me, but you aren't coming to me and declaring me forgiven.
0: It's not my job to absolve you. That's your job.
1: Like, that's where
0: the self-forgiveness piece comes in.
1: So we could go another 50 or 60 years together, (laughs) which is very optimistic. Uh, And as far as lifespan goes... um, (laughs) Good qualifier. uh, And I may never, ever say, I'm sorry, I... Was being rude and maybe even self centered about this whole house decorating thing. I I have opinions about how things should look, but, and I let my opinions get in the way of our community with each other. Um, We may not, I may not ever do that, but in your heart, you're holding a place of or maybe you're not even holding a place you've just f- moved forward whether i have or not and i think that that could be a better picture of what forgiveness is is moving forward mm-hmm. regardless of what the other person has decided to do with their idiosyncrasies well
0: a grudge even just the word grudge is a heavy non sort of budging attitude and a grudge keeps us anchored in pain so We have a choice in that moment. Like, I could be mad at you for perceived ills. I could decide that you ruined the fun time I was having painting and that I'm never going to get over it, and you stole my happiness. Yeah. Whereas it's like I am evolved enough to know that my happiness rests solely with me, and your attitudes and your words and whatever's happening with you is all you. And so I can take it personally or I can not take it personally. I can return to my bliss state and continue to enjoy my life. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that I'm not hurt, but also that's my job too. Like it's my job to identify what was hurtful. Um, I can let you know so that we don't run through that again. Or to just, like you said, let it go. It's not... In, it's not... In, it's about paint. It's about whatever it was I classified as your mood. Mm-hmm. And, and I can... I mean, I would say in my younger years, that would have really distressed me. Yeah. But also, I wouldn't have let that happen. Because I would have deferred my needs and also... Went along with whatever you wanted to assure that there was no chance for unhappiness. Right. Because that was my essential survival strategy.
1: Yeah, because we wouldn't have painted it pink. We would have painted it brown.
0: We would have gone with whatever you wanted, and I would have adjusted. Yeah. Which, I'm going to be honest, like that's not a healthy way for me to be, but it sure is easier for everyone, isn't it? Uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think it makes it easier. It makes it all my fault. Oh,
0: well, no, I wouldn't say that it's all your fault because obviously I have to take responsibility for my own actions. But again, if we're talking about forgiveness, it's like I could look back on, on Joy, you know, 17 years ago and tell her that she was weak or that she was a pushover, or that she was just bowing to the patriarchy, or or whatever I wanted to say that would be something that would look at that experience and tell myself that I was wrong to behave that way. Contempt. Yeah, I could look at myself with contempt. And I think we do this all the time. We can look back at what we think is like, wasn't good enough, or wasn't smart enough, or was unskilled, and say, um, I have so much contempt for that myself or Mm -hmm. self-hatred for myself in that state. Whereas it's not going to serve me to feel shame about what was just my conditioning at that point Mm -hmm. and my natural conditioned survival mode. Yeah. And so I'm thankful for my evolution, but I know that the, and this is the harder thing is I'm thankful for my evolution, but at the same time, it frequently makes things between you and I more complicated because I'm not trying to pretend anything. Mm -hmm. So we always have opportunity for growth, which sometimes can get exhausting.
1: Well, it can be very inconvenient.
0: (laughs) Well, that's growth, you know. So I think that like, but the self-forgiveness is acknowledging, I think, no matter who we are and where we're at, is that we, we really are always trying to do the best, not trying to do, we really are actually doing the best we can.
1: Right. Like, for instance, right now, our neighbor's dogs are barking, and every episode, I do what I can to clean them out of the episode. But our listeners are going to have to put up with our, our neighbor's dogs barking
0: And the dogs are literally doing their job.
1: They're literally being... Dogs. Embracing their full nature of barking. And I can't hold it against them.
0: No, Uh, and we can't really be annoyed with the neighbors. It's like, of course the dogs should be outside.
1: Well, they're not even outside. They're barking from inside their house. Oh.
0: (laughs) Well, so no one's at fault. No. The only issue would be our own impatience and our own attachments to things being a specific way over the reality of what is. Yes. Yes. So, again, there's a huge acceptance piece of, yes, there's dogs barking. Yes, it's going to impact what's happening now. But in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter.
1: I mean, who who, who let the dogs out?
0: <laughs> who kept the dogs in?
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, one other, like, area of... I think as a parent, there's so much self-forgiveness work to do. Because the, the majority of us, when we become parents... We don't know what the heck we're doing, and many of us parent the way that we were parented because that's all we know. It's the only experience we've had, and maybe when we become parents, we're young enough to think, um, <laughs> "My, I turned out okay." Like that's the naivete of becoming parents when you're young is you say, "I turned out okay," so I must just it must be just just as good for me to continue to parent the way that I was parented because I'm okay. Um, many of us who, who, you know, many of you out there maybe became parents later in y- your lives and had some time for self-reflection and realized that maybe the way you were parented wasn't ideal.
1: Yeah. And then everything's a reaction. Well, I, yeah.
0: I mean, either way, when we become parents, we're all just beginning something and I can't really expect us to be good at something. We have zero experience in doing, we might have like a lot of theory, like yeah. we might've read a lot of books.
1: I think it's so funny when people say there's no manual on parenting. There's like probably like 90,000 <laughs> manuals on parenting. Or
0: hundreds of thousands of manuals on parenting. But there's nothing like your own unique individual child to show you that you do not know how to parent.
1: Yeah, and that's very true. There's no manual for you specifically being in a relationship with uh, something that you helped bring into the world.
0: Well, and I think that there is a lot of information out there about, you know, handed down family trauma, um, what it is that our children are bringing with them from wherever, like how our own, in you know, however we were parented is being triggered through our child's behavior. So it's a, every time I'm going to say like, we have five kids and every single one of our children is a unique recipe for our own healing. Yeah. So not for their healing. But the, the less damage we can do, the, the better off they're going to be in their 30s and 40s.
1: And the better off their children will be.
0: And the, yeah, absolutely. But it's like I have to look at my early years of parenting and give myself grace and compassion. Because I could be carrying a really heavy burden of guilt and shame. But I know that I absolutely was doing the best that I could. And I'm so thankful that I have been able to evolve with my children. We've been able to grow together and that my skills have leveled up over the years so that I can actually go to my children and say, I did the best that I could in those early years, but you 100% deserved better and extend to them my own understanding of I really did have always loved you, but haven't always been able to love you the way you needed me to love you. And I feel like that's a real gift that I can hand to my kids and say, we are all journeying together. We're all changing. We're all growing in this process. And not kind of like allow my guilt and shame to distance me from them to a place of sort of fake superiority or to set myself up as a parent that is really kind of inaccessible because my own guilt and shame or my own ineptitudes or my own insecurities get in the way of just being human together, just being in relationship together because of like being afraid of one, doing more damage or two, facing their rejection. So my own process has been so much of Of course, having to identify ways in which I hold on to my failures and just being able to look at myself through the lens of loving kindness and compassion so that I can move through those things, let them go and be able to like, just show up and be present with what is, Mm -hmm. which is, I think the biggest gift that we can give our children is get out of our own way and just be with who they are.
1: So that, is that forgiveness?
0: Being present in the moment without the past holding us back is a big part of forgiveness. But it's the gift of forgiveness. It's what we get on the other side of it. Mm-hmm. Because when we move out of a place of judgment, usually it means we're not judging ourselves because we've forgiven ourselves, which means we can actually stop judging the people around us. Because judgment is always projection.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what I was trying to drive home about uh, ways to not forgive people is this idea that I, I have the capacity to forgive you because I'm better than you.
0: Mm. Um, well, a lot of times, I mean, it's good to look at the reasons why we, I mean, I think there are many of us who consciously or unconsciously choose not to forgive because holding on to our anger allows us to um, have access to a certain kind of power.
1: Yeah, it's addiction to anger.
0: It, it is, but it, it's addiction to a victim story, yeah. which gives us this like self-justification to feel the way we feel.
1: Yeah,
0: and. Being allowed to feel, like, quote-unquote, allowed to feel or justified in being angry or justified in feeling hurt and justified is the actual, like, it becomes the platform.
1: Yeah, and it's a total cop-out for growing.
0: There's no growth possible from that place of victimhood, martyrdom, or even the arrogance that goes with what really is contempt. Yeah. Yeah. And so all these things give us like this illusion of power because it puts us in a false sense of permission to pass judgment. Yes. And again, but that comes down to the heart of the judgment is really (laughs) pointed inward, which becomes self-hatred, which becomes depression. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Because they say, you know, depression is anger turned inward. And depression is also linked to living in the past. And so what we do is take our whole story and tell it from a very negative perspective, allow us to turn that negative energy, those negative feelings, that self-contempt inward. And we don't really have a choice but to continue to fall down a hole.
1: Yeah.
0: And so an antidote, I mean I'm not going to I'm not going to say there's not definitely chemical imbalances and other factors that really come into it but as just a I think as a cultural weight that
1: mm-hmm. our
0: that that our culture carries depression is self-hatred, contempt and anger turned inward. And I think that one of our best
1: tools, well, You ju- you just said self-hatred turned inward, but I think what you meant to say is um your Rejection of the other is actually rejection of yourself.
0: Mm-hmm. That's a better way to put it. I think it's just contempt in, contempt in general turned inward. It's also like a feeling of powerlessness that mm-hmm. that is like wallowed in. Yeah. Because right. the victim story is the primary story. Right. And it justifies our behavior. It justifies our withdrawal. It justifies not taking care of ourselves. It justifies being unkind to ourselves because there's just this deep sense of unworthiness. It it's the thing that paralyzes us from I'm gonna say it paralyzes us and keeps us from essentially the antidote. Because they because depression is caused by isolation too. Like it's a mitigating factor, but isolation is caused by pushing others away because of self-hatred. Like and so it is like all of it is comes together in kind of just this spiral of things that make it worse. It's an
1: ecosystem.
0: Yes, a toxic ecosystem.
1: Yeah.
0: And so this is where forgiveness comes in as as a factor for happiness is we can plant the seeds of forgiveness, of letting our – and it is like some people say, well, I don't want to let myself off the hook for my bad behavior or I don't want to let anybody else off the hook for their bad behavior. It's like, well, the only person that suffers when you can't forgive is you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share with someone you think might enjoy the experience too. You can also subscribe to our channel so that you don't miss a single episode. Share, like, subscribe. To ask questions, get feedback, or to have input on what topics we may cover in future episodes, email me at itsyoupodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. If you are interested in learning more about working with me as a client, head over to joyfullifeintuitive.com. Until then, remember, it's you.